1: Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast today I'm joined by former Washington safety Ryan Clark current ESPN NFL analyst we discuss chase young the changing national perception of the Washington franchise and if he likes where this team is headed. I also chat with Matt Paris of the Washington Times. How troubling is Curtis Samuel's situation? You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matthew underscore Paris. That's P-A-R-A-S. He's also part of the District of Sports podcast. Ryan Clark, of course, can be seen on ESPN. Follow him on Twitter at RealClark25. He also hosts the Face First podcast. And, of course, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I'll have three podcasts next week as we get you ready for the season opener against the Los Angeles Chargers. Before I get started, I did tell some folks on Twitter I, that I'd ask about why nobody has signed, had signed linebacker K.J. Wright. Well, before I could record this, the Raiders did sign him. Why didn't Washington? The word I got back from a few people in the league, not just about Washington, but even for a lot of other teams, why they were slow going for him, was he really wasn't the same. They didn't feel he was the same player. And at one point, they felt like he was looking for more money than teams wanted to give him. Now, I don't know in the end if that was really the issue, but certainly teams were very slow to, to pursue him. He was a sort of player Washington might have been interested in if a starter had gone down. But he was not the sort who was going to be brought in as a backup for them, somebody who would have to then play special teams except a lesser role. I do, I do view linebacker as a weakness. I will say if the D-line is as good as people think, that should cover up some of the sins. I also think there's some flexibility with Landon Collins. And one of the things that I heard a few times in the offseason was that his skills translate to linebacker. Not that they're going to put him at linebacker, but they can use him in some of those situations in those three safety sets. That's where some of that versatility comes in on defense. I think you will see that. And again, that kind of they hope that covers up some of that as well. And again, if the line is as good as people think, you know, got, they got to do the job. Not all the problems in the run game were the result of linebacker play last season. Definitely, definitely a factor. Some of it was adjusting to a one-gap two versus two-gap. When one guy's one gap and another guy's two-gapping, big holes are created. I also know this is not a position they'll fully fix until after the season. Finally, Jamin Davis is a rookie. Let's see how he develops. That is going to be a big key. Anyway, that's it from me. Now let's get to my conversation with former Washington safety Ryan Clark. What play by Chase Young reminded him of the late Sean Taylor?
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer
0: to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDSE.
1: The season is starting and Prosper Insurance has helped to stock you up on your favorite Washington football team gear by offering a $25 gift card to the NFL shop when you get a home and auto quote with them. You don't even have to buy a policy to get the $25 gift card, though the savings will be worth it. I can tell you from experience, the quote I received was $2,000 less than my previous insurer. It might not be like that for everyone, but why not find out? Finding the right insurance can be a pain, but Prosper makes it easy while providing great service and advice. Their licensed advisors shop the market with top companies like Allstate, nationwide progressive travelers and more to find you the perfect coverage at a great rate, which helps explain why Prosper has more than 1,000 five-star reviews on Google. You have nothing to lose. Simply visit prosper.insurance Kime to get your quote and a $25 gift card. That's prosper.insurance.com slash Keim, K-E-I-M. This offer is good from August 29th to September 12th. You know what else is cool? They plant a tree for every policy they write. That's more than 66,000 trees and count it. Get ready to feel good about your insurance. Welcome back, now here's my conversation with ESPN's Ryan Clark. Let's start with some fun stuff. Your son playing football. Um, what's that been like for you watching him out there? I mean, it's been it's been amazing to
2: watch my son really just grow to love the game more than anything. I don't think you know you can't really teach the the football parts of it without the rest of it. Right. And I remember in high, in high school, my wife would get so mad at me. On Monday and Tuesday, because I own a, I'm own a partner in a training facility, I would make him go work out with one of my colleagues at 6 a.m., you know, and she would ask me, why do you do that? And I said, well, babe, when he gets to college, what time do you think he's going to have to wake up? What time do you think he's going to have to work? I said, and also when he has a family, I was like, you do know as men and, and you know, we have to provide like sometimes we got to do crap we don't like, you know. And I said, I want him to understand that that's a requirement of life. Those things aren't extra. And so when I give him a call and you know, he, he tells me, like, you know he misses the call and he calls me back. He's like, oh dad, I'm coming from my second workout or dad, I'm coming from treatment or dad, I'm coming from tutoring or study session like those things make me proud because he understands all that goes into playing football. So they won't, it won't be the plays made. It'll be the work that he's put into it. And it makes me feel like, you know, some of the messages I tried to get across to him, you know, in high school actually
1: landed. That speaks to process too over just results because process in the end wins, as you know, because you followed a certain process and look at what happened to your career. If you don't follow that process, you're out of the league in a year or two.
2: Exactly. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you, you pass down things that, that you learn from experience or that you watch other people do. And, you know, everything I got was, was about work. It was about doing the extra. It was about making sure the, the main thing was the main thing. And that was putting in effort. And what that did for me was, you know, you talked about process as opposed to result is that I was always at least comfortable with the result. I could always say that I gave a hundred percent. I put everything into it. And if I was beat on the play or if I was beating the game, I could say, you know what, that guy was just better. I was prepared. Uh, I had done everything I could to anticipate it. I had done everything I could to do physically to be at my best. He just won on that play that I can live with. What I couldn't live with was not being prepared. And so I've tried to pass that along to him.
1: One guy who's always seems to be prepared and you worked with him in Louisiana was Landon Collins, who has looked good in training. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've talked to him and how he sounds, but, based off that injury, that's a tough injury for a defensive back, the Achilles. What did you see from him when you were working out with him? And are you surprised to hear that he's looking pretty good? No, I'm not
2: surprised to hear it at all. I think, you know, I didn't start working with Landon until after his first year in New York. And um, when, when he comes to me, we kind of talk about, you know, setting goals and, and different things in life that he wanted to accomplish. And I was like, look, there's only certain ways to do that. You know, and he truly bought in. He's all pro the next year. And then obviously the career continues. And I think the injury last year in Washington may have kind of been something he needed, you know, for him to understand, you know what, I still have to stay on the the same path that got me here. And I remember we talked, you know, after he got injured, he was like, man, I was finally feeling like myself. I was finally having the game that I was used to having. And then I get hurt. And I was like, you need to remember that. Like, you need to internalize that because when you're on the road to recovery, those are the things and those are the thoughts that should sustain you. And so when we were in the offseason, he was eating right. He was he was doing extra rehab. He was flying in different specialists to help him, you know, with therapy. He was eating in a way to keep his weight at a point to where I thought he could play best. And he understood that, too. And then when we got together, you know, later on in the summer, it was constantly, OK, are we going today? Are we going today? Hey, it's Saturday. Can we get some extra work? And that was the fire I felt like he needed in order to recover from this injury, but also return to form. Right. To to be the player that the Washington football team thought they were getting when they signed him. And, you know, when I look at some of the clips from practice, when I see some of the energy that he's bringing, that makes me happy because it makes me feel like he feels good, um, like he's healthy but that mentally and emotionally he's where he needs to be coming off this injury he believes that he's in a position to excel and so i think he's going to play extremely well this year and i believe the team needed that more than anything he does
1: oh yeah and he looks good because he's driving the ball you know the anticipation is always there for him the instincts which i've always been a part of his game honed by study are there the other guy was the shazer because you had him on your podcast too And he's a guy that you have to appreciate him because he's a guy who just keeps sticking, 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 Mm -hmm. plays with passion, does special teams. I know he wants to play more from scrimmage, but he just keeps grinding it out.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, Shays is kind of a man after my own heart, you know, uh, it's crazy that, we know, we talk about these guys because of the people I train, I'm probably as close to them as I am any. And we, we talk consistently, we talk constantly, you know, you know, those are my little brothers and, you know, Shays' career definitely mirrors mine more than Landon's does. You know, be, being an undrafted guy, guy who's gotten to start some games, but obviously had to be good on special teams. And, you know, um, he he internalizes the negative a little more than Landon does, yeah. right? Because he understands his position. He understands how he's looked at. He understands that he won't get chance after chance. And, you know, he, he had a bout with COVID, you know, later late in the summer, which I think set him back a little bit because, you know, he lost some weight. Some of the stuff that he'd done to get himself in phys- in a physical shape to come to camp, he lost. But he's a dude that's going to keep working, a dude that's going to keep grinding and keep understanding what he has to do to get better. And I expect him to play some defense this year. Obviously, Cameron Curl is there who had a great uh, rookie season. You know, Landon is healthy. Uh, but I think that, you know, Ron Rivera, I also think defensively, you know, uh, they see the value. In, in DeShazer
1: and you know he's going
2: to continue to show that through his work and um, you know it's just proud to be
1: associated with a dude like him yeah he's I've always enjoyed watching him not it doesn't have to be a star I just appreciate what he adds mm-hmm. um, for this team you spent time here now you're in an analyst, analyst role and you've seen the crazy that has happened here has the perception changed nationally and or how much has the perception changed around this franchise nationally
2: well I think what has to happen is you have to stop having the negativity that surrounds the team you know you know how it is when when there's a narrative that has been built through reporting a narrative that has been built through the through the actions of your organization you have to have periods of time where you don't have to talk about those things there needs to be a period of time where you know there is positivity that goes on within that building I think when you have a coach like Ron Rivera some of that stuff starts to build Uh, anytime you have a coach you know who is not only fighting and beating cancer, but doing that while coaching a football team? There's there's a positive feeling about that. Uh, now you can't have you can't have the the misconducts inside the building, whether it be uh, with not treating people the way that they're supposed to be treated, with mishandling situations where people should be suspended, not taking you know. So you got to do all those things, and they seem to be steering away from those. We haven't had to report on things like that, and the longer we get away from reporting on negativity, the more positive the perception of the Washington football team becomes. And I think we are moving in that direction, but you know, if there's one slip up, right, if there's one conversation about something that resembles what this organization used to be, you're right back to seeing it the
1: same way. Um, On the field, do you like where they're headed? You know, I do.
2: I think. you know, I've made the joke all offseason. I don't know if a team's ever been run one Ryan Fitzpatrick away from a Super I, I heard that. I was going to ask you about that. Yes,
1: I, that's a good lie. <laughs>
2: you know, and so, um, but I, I do think they're headed in the right direction. When you look at the energy that surrounds this team right now, the confidence that surrounds a very young and talented D-line, you add pieces uh, on the back end. And so defensively, we've talked all offseason about how good This team could be. Also, you look at a guy like Antonio Gibson going into another year being, you know, more involved in the offense. But having a quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who we've seen be really good before, like I can even think back to him in Buffalo, you know, for for a year. I was like, this guy is one of the better quarterbacks in the AFC. If you can get that kind of year out of him, if you can get some of that special magic and add that to, you know, the Curtis Samuel who, who is there now, the, you know, the scary Terry, you know, and some of these guys play big, obviously, you know, you think about being able to move the ball down the field, but stop people the way that they can. This is a team that can win the NFC East and maybe even make some noise in the playoffs. Like if you go back to last year, this team probably played Tampa Bay the best with Taylor Heineke at quarterback, you know? And so those things have to give you confidence, have to make you feel like you're moving in the right direction. So I think there should be excitement about the Washington football team in the DMV.
1: So are you quite going you're not quite ready for what Greeny said about them contending for beyond, for an elite status at this point. <laughs> well, you know, not
2: right now, right. but they also aren't far off from that. If this right. is a team if this is the team you could see being in the playoffs, think about the wild card teams that have won Super Bowls. If this is the team you could see winning the NFC East and you think, you know, this is a this is a squad that goes eleven and six, a squad that can go twelve and five. Then this is a squad who can contend and be elite. I think the hard thing to see is, you know, for me and obviously we have to give Ryan Fitzpatrick an opportunity. Is you get to the playoffs and here are the quarterbacks we could, we could probably be expecting. You can expect names like Aaron Rodgers. You can expect names like Tom Brady. You can expect names like Russell Wilson. Maybe Dak Prescott. There's not often times where we say those names and we go, oh, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right. And, you know, so it's going to be which Ryan Fitzpatrick you get this year that really tells the tale of does this team get an opportunity to compete as the elite?
1: This defense is all those quarterbacks you named. This defense plays every one of them. What mm-hmm. kind of, when you go into a season because they're coming off a really good season, they have really mm-hmm. good talent. Nobody's going to dispute that. But when you're facing a gauntlet of quarterbacks like that, because you can throw Herbert and Josh yes. Allen on that list, too. What does that, you know, and I don't even know, like, you, do you pay attention to that as a player and, and what can that do psychologically? You, that, you circle that.
2: No, nah, you circle that. You know, when, when you know, in 2000, like 2008 to 2011, we were in Pittsburgh, you know, 11 of Dick LeBeau's years there, they were, six years we were the top defense, you know, in the league like that's what we wanted. I wanted to see Philip Rivers. I wanted to see Peyton Manning. I wanted to see Tom Brady because you want to test yourself against the best. And also there's a part of you that wants to show the world that when the pressure is on, when the heat is on, when it's good on good, they're human too. Right. And I think that's what the sweats and the Youngs and the Collins is and the Fullers, like that's going to, that's going to have to be their mindset. And I believe that they have that, you know, you had William Jackson into that conversation. And so, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see this Washington defense against quarterbacks like that, against teams like that, because oftentimes that's what tells the tale of, of, of whether you're you're legendary or not.
1: Absolutely. If this, if and I think it's like going to be fun. I think. Yeah, I think it'll be fun to watch, too. As a duo, as a pass rush duo, how good can Montez and Chase Young be?
2: I think I think that's a duo that could be like James Harrison and Lamar Woodley. Uh, were for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, back in the day, like you know, like we saw Demarcus Ware and uh, Von Miller be uh, in Denver throughout their their playoff runs. I believe that they are that talented. And listen, you only need one guy to be Defensive Player of the Year talented, and the other guy can just be very good. And I think right. that's what you have in Chase Young and Montez Sweat. I mean, you know, when you watch Chase Young, man, it's 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 really scary. It reminds me of watching Derrick Henry play offense, hmm. you know, like, like there's times you're like, how is this dude that tall, this big, that lean, that athletic playing in the NFL. And he still stands out. Right. Yeah. Like when you see chase young, it looks different as good as Montez sweat is no disrespect to him. Chase young looks different. the, 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 the tackle that's blocking him, whether he's an all pro or a rookie, doesn't look like he has the same level of skill or talent that he has. And now you go to the other side and Montez Sweat coming into his own, using his length, using his skill, his athleticism as well. You know, it's almost like Chase Young is so good. Like you forget the other guy's a high draft pick too.
1: He's good too.
2: You know? And so, and I think that's it. Yeah. It was just, it was amazing to kind of see these dudes come into their own individually. And then now you have to add to what they can be as a duo or a tandem, and I think we could be talking about them with some of the best duos we've ever seen in the league, and a lot of times, right, numbers go with that, and I think both of these dudes are going to give you that.
1: Well, and, you know, I don't know if you heard Montez say he won, they Those two have talked about breaking records, and yeah. that's that's a lot of sacks to get. You know, when you have that, when you talked about Woodley and what you guys had in Pittsburgh, what does that do for you guys, and how different can the coverages that you play behind them, what do they need to be? Because they've talked a lot about oh. playing a little bit more manhood.
2: Hey, hey, John, you go into the game feeling really good about coverage, you know, because you understand you understand that you don't have to hold coverage long, but it also makes things fun when you're disguising, right? You know, I want to disguise and show down, maybe show fire zone, and so we can get guys open and get guys opportunities to get one-on-ones. You feel like if Montez or Chase gets a one-on-one, that's a win for you, right? right? And so as a defensive coordinator, that's what you're scheming. You're not scheming to let these guys come free because you don't need that. And so, for us, it was if James or Lamar is on the tight end, that's a win. If James or Lamar gets on the running back, that's a win. And so, that's exactly the way you have to look at it in the back end. Is we are going to move around enough to get those guys in positions, to get those one-on-ones, which we know they'll win.
1: One of the things, too, I'm going to look at, too, a couple of years ago, they had the choice to take Chase Young number two, and there really was a no-brainer pick here. Mm-hmm. In hindsight now, Justin Herbert really emerged yeah. last year. Yeah. This team still needs a quarterback. But Chase Young could be a Hall of Fame player. If you had that choice now, would you just say, hey, what, what would you do?
2: I think, I, think, I think at the time, it's the absolute right choice. Uh, right. None of us knew that Justin Herbert was going to be a freaking alien as, as, as a rookie. Right. You know, um, He had been built up to be that the last two or three years of Oregon, but we never really saw it materialize. And then now all of that talent explodes on the scene in the NFL. If you find a Hall of Fame quarterback, obviously, you're in right. a good position, but you find a Hall of Fame pass rusher. That's probably the second best position you could be in from a player pick perspective. And I think they've got that in Chase Young. And so you can't be upset at what happened no. afterwards. This isn't this isn't Mr. Trubisky and Patrick Mahomes. No,
1: it's not. <laughs> you know,
2: it's yeah. And so you feel pretty good about your pick.
1: And, and I still think like Chase is going to get to certain levels that we at where I mean, he's what yes. year he's going to get to really high levels when you watch him play. And with quarterbacks, sometimes you don't know where they're going to go after they have a season like that. So there's still right. a lot of long way to go with that. Um, with, with Chase, too, like how good do you think he can be?
2: I mean, I think he could be one of the best to ever do it. You know, when you see what he was able to do at Ohio State, even with missing a couple of games through suspension or whatever it was, like it was just different. Uh, you saw how natural it was. You saw how easy it was. You go back to the Arizona Cardinals game last year, you know, and I've said this, and 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 if I say this, I think this is a big statement. The last time I was that impressed watching a man in a Washington uniform scoop a football and mm-hmm. score a touchdown, that guy's name was Sean Taylor. Yep. You know, the last time I saw a dude do that, and it looked different, and it feel different, and you say to yourself, this is the best player on the field on any team, on any position that's out here today. And when you can be compared to someone like that and, and bring the, on those type of feelings of nostalgia for someone who probably loves him more than anybody else in the world, I think, you know, that says what I believe of that young man. Um, and the other part of him is leadership. This is a dude that wants to win. This is a dude that wants to be great and is willing to do whatever it takes to do that. And I think that's what puts an, an elite talent, into the Hall of Fame level of play,
1: you never. I don't think he's a guy you ever have to say, "Hey, Chase, you're going to work out today." That's not right, it. exactly. Um, and it's it's funny you bring up. I have one more question for you after this, but that that fumble cool. return, when it was impressive to me on that play, not only was Chase running down there, so was Montez Sweat, was right next to him. Yes, it was unbelievable. But last thing, you've been you've talked about the NFC East and and you know Dallas. You kind of like Dallas going in. How, is there a gap between Dallas and Washington because of you know, with Dak coming back or where, how big is that gap in your mind?
2: Yeah. You know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a huge gap. I think Dak to me seems like the equalizer uh, when you compare him to quarterbacks in Washington, but I don't think it's, it's a, it's a large gap, obviously, you know, Washington finds a way to do it last year and you're playing three different quarterbacks throughout the season. Uh, I guess it's, it's history and Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? If, you know, you you expect better quarterback play than you got last year from when you have him. And if you get that, I think Washington is squarely in the hunt to win the NFC East. But when you look at what Dallas has offensively, right, now healthy on the O-line, Ezekiel Elliott, motivated, ready to play, wide receivers out the gazoo, you know, they're going to score points. You add that to Dan Quinn and some other piece, pieces defensively, you think that team's going to be really good. And so I think it's a very close race between the two teams, uh, but Dak Prescott is what puts the Dallas Cowboys over the top to me.
1: Ryan, I appreciate it. Always love talking to you. Thank you, man. Miss talking a lot. Right, Always you. liked your insight. Thank you, man. Have a great one. Thanks. Take care. After this break, I'll be back with Matt Paris of the Washington Times. Is he optimistic about the season? And what did he say that made me end the interview? Football is back, so you need to get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week, one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. DraftKings didn't forget about current customers. All customers can participate in DraftKings Week 1 No-Brainer. For opening night, all customers can double their money as long as Tampa Bay doesn't lose by 74 points. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KINE to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code KINE, K-E-I-M, to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time only, at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older. Virginia only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call the Virginia Problem Gambling Helpline at 888-532. Three five zero zero. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with Matt Paris. All right, Matt. So we heard from Ron Rivera about Curtis Samuel. They're expecting him to come back on Monday. First of all, level of optimism that he's actually going to be able to contribute in that first game.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it's very high. Ron said today that he, Curtis wouldn't be out there if he wasn't 100%. They're not going to keep him to limited packages. So, yeah, you know. Up until this point, I get why people were nervous. You look at all the other wide receivers they've had here in the past that have dealt with injuries, Josh Jackson, Paul Richardson. This was a high-profile signing, but you know, I I think if he's on track to play, then he's on track to play. Like, uh, let's not really overthink it too much. But again, I need to see him to believe it to to be out there.
1: And and I'm there too, because I've had people say, like, this is another Paul Richardson. Well, he's got a slightly better track record (laughs) than Paul Richardson, and they overpaid for Paul Richardson, I think what people are fear and they go back to malcolm kelly which was before your time in the beat but he's a guy another guy ballyhoo guy never played i don't think this is the same thing i i don't blame him for taking it slower with the groin injury because it can be very problematic if you don't but i'm like everybody else let's see him out there right
0: yeah no i mean i think it i think there are legitimate like you know them with the system Samuel coming from the same system, he can get caught up to speed faster that way. I think there are some, like, I get why they were holding him out basically.
1: So, when we, because seasons now are gonna be about what, a little more than a week away, all the stuff is done, we're, you know, preparing for the season. So, when you look at this team, first of all, your outlook for them do you feel optimistic for them going into the year
0: well famous last words but i do feel optimistic it is yeah Yeah. it's you know you kind of just look at the rest of the nfc east too like the uh, with the cowboys they're supposed to be better but you don't know with Dak prescott's shoulder uh, the giants their offense looks like a mess the eagles they're in a rebuilding year if there were a team to actually repeat uh, as the nfc east champs i think it would be these guys especially with that five game division slate at right. the end like they could be out of it and then right back in it so you know I like their defense still to be their offense I think will be average to below average I don't really expect Ryan Fitzpatrick to make a huge jump but maybe it will be a huge jump considering they've had the worst quarterback play in the league the last few years here
1: well and that's the funny thing because that's where initially I was going to go with Dallas for the division but then I'm like you look at it like the quarterback play should be a lot better this year which is really a statement on how bad it was last year. What do you, what, you know, so what are your expectations for Fitzpatrick? I mean, I know, you know, we, we've all seen what his history has been. Yeah. Is it gonna be much different here?
0: Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think the reason I would be worried if I were a Washington fan is that Fitzpatrick has admitted that he's never played in the system before. And even though he's played for so many other teams, there's still going to be those growing pains uh, that and we've seen it in practice. You've seen the Fitz magic and the Fitz tragic yes, we in the same practice in a span of periods. So, you know, I, I don't expect him to to blow through the doors or, or set records or anything like that. But, you know, uh, Josh Johnson was the starting quarterback here. Mark Sanchez, like, uh, you know, obviously yeah. Alex Smith was better last year, but it's still been a very low floor for Washington. So, I, you know, I just like him to raise the ceiling a little bit. How long have you been on the beat now? Uh, this is my fifth season, I think, so 2017, so so. You, so since 2017. So you haven't really seen no any. Yeah. Well, I guess Kirk, Kirk Yeah, funny. Kirk, uh, seriously, Kirk has been the best quarterback since I've been here. I mean, Alex, Kirk, uh, Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, Mark Sanchez, Josh Johnson, Dwayne Haskins, those, and Taylor well,
1: Here's the sad thing. <laughs> he's probably, he's one of the best quarterbacks since I've been here. <laughs> and I've been here a minute or two longer than you. So that's yes. what's kind of sad. But that's why, like if Fitzpatrick can give them average quarterback play, it elevates them to a different level, don't you think?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just don't need... Like, you do want him to be a little bit of a game manager, but you don't... I don't think that's really in his nature, and you asked about that today, but, like, whether he he can do that or how, how he'll balance that. But, you know, I do think the interceptions... Those have gone down, but the numbers are still relatively high compared to most quarterbacks. They are.
1: And one thing I learned when Rex Grossman was here, and you're a Chicago guy, yeah. you saw Rex play. The one thing I learned when he was here is that you can't really change your mindset right. when you're a quarterback. I mean, you can improve in some areas, but if you want to take some chances, you're going to take some chances. And I think Fitzpatrick probably knows that as well. He,
0: yeah, and you know, I think we're t- if we talk about his evolution as a passer, I think he's become more comfortable at spreading the ball around a little bit more like you look at early on his career like Stevie Johnson was the leader of those Bills teams and targets um like Andre Johnson for the Texans but the past couple of years I think I looked it up Devonte Parker in Miami he led the Dolphins but he had like a 22 percent target share which is what Terry McQuarren had around last year here so you know I think Fitzpatrick has gotten a little bit more comfortable spreading the ball around I think that would be and he's been more efficient doing so as well. What would be some other concerns for you on offense? Yeah you know the line is interesting we'll see what how the interior is I mean Brandon Sheriff is great but on the left side of the line you know being a Chicago guy a lot of friends in my life were not too happy with Charles Leno on the left side so. We'll see if he holds up there and obviously Sam Cosney because replacing Morgan Moses and a lot of fans weren't happy with Moses, but he was pretty reliable in his years here. So yeah, I would say the line. So
1: do you think that Gibson will take a big jump?
0: I don't know about big. Uh, you know, I expect him to have a bigger role. I mean, they got rid of Peyton Barber, so we'll see him do more short yardage stuff. They're going to use him more in the passing game, but you know, J.D. McKissick is still making right. plays out in practice here. I, I think he'll still get a lot of targets. Scott Turner, I think, knows how to use him in the passing game. So, you know, and, and we haven't mentioned the toe thing. I know he keeps saying it's fine, but you never know how that lingers. And
1: You don't. You don't and I think the other key factor, you said it, J.D. McKissick. They love McKissick, and I think they want. They don't want to have an offense. They want to figure out ways they can get him the ball a lot as well. So I think that's going to be a factor. In, Perhaps not having maybe Gibson doesn't have quite the year everybody thinks, but I think he'll still be really good.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I understand why he's being a top 15 right. running back in right. fantasy football yeah, leagues and, and that sort of thing.
1: Um, defensively, what do you have concerns there?
0: Uh linebacker again. I mean, I, I thought Jamin Davis was going to play a lot early, but now I'm not so sure. Just kind of seeing how it's been the couple week last couple weeks. I don't know if he's going to be in on nickel all the time, for instance. Um, you know, I think Cole Holcomb has made some strides. John Bostick, I think, kind of is who he is. He, he's a solid veteran, but, you know, take I mean, it sure and leave is. it. Yeah. And so, you know, I like the secondary a lot. Um, William Jackson, I, we'll see. I, you know, I think the uh, coming from a man system, but I think Washington's going to play more man. They, they pretty much said as much, so. Yeah, I, I like the secondary, and I'm excited. I'm really excited to see if Landon Collins can really carry over this strong training camp for yeah, the regular he,
1: season. Were you surprised by what you saw from him?
0: Yeah, I, I was. I mean, I, you have some people with Collins who say, like, oh, he wasn't as bad as last year, like, kind of showed, but I kind of thought he was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I he, thought the missed yeah. tackles were yeah, a pretty big issue. missed tackles jumped out,
1: yeah. That, that was unusual for me to see him do that. I think, like, he said he got more comfortable with the defense as it went along. But the missed tackles early to me were different. Yeah, yeah. But he looks he looks decisive and fast. Fast, or he's reacting quickly out there.
0: Yeah, and you know I think the surprising thing we've seen in the preseason games with Collins is, you know, every defense kind of depending on the look will rotate at safeties, but they look pretty comfortable with him back there. And who knows once the actual game starts if they're targeting him back there or anything like that. But it seems like he can kind of handle that role, and they also know how to use him in the box and send him after things we've seen him practice blitz with chase young and comments like the free rusher basically right, right.
1: So. um up front yeah the expectation for the ends i mean they're talking about breaking records i mean what do you are you are you yeah. there yet
0: yeah i mean i think they'll have nice seasons i expect a really big year from chase young i don't know as much about montez well, i think i will have a nice season but you know you're, you're gonna need both like 20 sack seasons from right. both which of them is, or to break which is a little bit.
1: it's yeah, it. it Especially would, given the quarterbacks they're facing. Yes. Those guys don't hold the ball.
0: Yeah, they would each need to average about two sacks a game for them to actually break the, the record. It's a Viking tandem from 1989.
1: The names are Millard and Dolman. Yes, there you, there go. you go. There you yeah. go. Unfortunately or fortunately, I was able to watch them play while you were probably in diapers.
0: Oh, I was not born then yet.
1: Well, thank you very much. I think that's going to end this, this little segment right now, Matt. That's your first time when you drop a hammer like that on me.
0: Yeah, a, well, uh, four years to go before uh, 1989. I was born in 93,
1: so. Oh, Lord. All right, well, I'm going to go have something to drink. So, Matt, thanks for coming on. Uh,
0: thank you. It was a pleasure.
1: That's it for this episode. Thanks to Ryan Clark and Matt Parrish for joining me. And thank you for listening. I'll be back with another episode on Monday. Got a good lineup for you next week. Talk to you next time.